Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening to all of you. I'm Mete Bakrajola, and you're listening to ICANN's music theory program, The Shape of Music. Welcome back to The Shape of Music, a five-part series where we take you through the magic of music, how it works, and what makes it sound so good. Here we are at the final episode of the series. Go ahead and give yourselves a big ol' pat on the back for making it this far. We ran the whole marathon, and now we're here to go back and be proud of what we've accomplished. We're also going to connect the dots between all of the concepts we talked about over the past five episodes. If we imagine our musical journey as a puzzle, right now we've got five puzzle pieces for each of our episodes. Our job today is to put together these puzzle pieces and assemble a wonderful picture through it. As I'm going through what we've learned, follow along on the website to pull up pictures showing what I'm talking about. With that out of the way, let's take a trip down memory lane. We launched our musical rocket ship talking about rhythm. Musical rhythm is the space between notes which gives a song structure and keeps everything together, like a bit of water in a sandcastle. Rhythm exists not only in music though, but in much of the world around us, like with the four seasons, and the way our heart beats. There are so many types of rhythm. You've got Moroccan grooves, and American Rags. Tempo, loudness, and the instrument are all factors which make up a rhythm. We then talked about understanding how music is written. When reading and playing music, we deal with whole, half, quarter, and eighth notes. There are two half notes in a whole note, two quarter notes in a half note, and two eighth notes in a quarter note. Finally, we discussed time signatures, which organize all of these types of notes into bars, or we also call them measures. We worked with the 4-4 time signature, which means that in every bar there are four beats and the quarter note is worth one of them. This takes us to the next stage of our journey, melody. Melody is made up of rhythm and pitch. Rhythm, as we just discussed, is the structure that keeps music together, and pitch is how high or low a sound is. Together, they're like peanut butter and jelly. They make the perfect meal. And then we learned about the musical alphabet, which consists of seven unique notes and five accidentals. Together, these make up the 12-tone system, 5 plus 7 is 12. Finally, in the second episode, we talked about scales. A scale is one of the ways that we use this musical alphabet, and it's like an eight-step staircase which takes us along the spectrum of low and high pitches. And now we move on to the third part of our musical journey. After learning about the foundational music theory concepts of rhythm and melody, 
we were ready to apply them in the third episode, all about the keyboard. We learned about the seven white keys and five black keys, which make up the 12-tone system we're now so familiar with. We also talked about major scales and minor scales. Each scale has a key signature, which identifies the sharps or flats in it. There's a neat video up on the website I made showing you how the piano works. Seeing it really helps you understand all of these concepts, so check it out if you haven't already. Alright, we are three down with two more to go. In the fourth episode, The Color of Music, we learned more specifically about the different sounds we hear and how they're produced. We established that the 12-tone system we discovered in the second episode was called the musical language. The musical language is different from any spoken language because it is a pure expression and is universal, meaning anybody can understand it. This language has the power to take us on colorful journeys. When we combine different possibilities for rhythms, melodies, and harmonies, we're building our very own musical landscapes. We can express ourselves using touch. Loud. Soft. Legato. Staccato. Also, the instrument we choose is responsible for what type of sound comes out. In spoken language, the instrument or family of instruments would be kind of like an accent. Same language, just a different expression. We learned that in an orchestra there are string, brass, woodwind, and percussion families. Each of these families has its unique timbre, or quality of sound. And this quality is largely up to just how it sounds to you. The sound from this violin might strike you as bright or colorful or uplifting. Whatever it makes you feel is valid because the musical language is all about interpretation. With all of this wonderful info about rhythm, melody, scales, chords, and harmonies, we decided we were ready to uncover the secrets through the treasure map of music theory, the Circle of Fifths. The Circle of Fifths is a diagram designed to map out the loop of 12 tones, all fifths apart. The reason the circle shows tones a fifth apart, and not some other interval like a fourth, or a seventh has to do with the harmonic series. This is probably the most complex concept we've learned about, but don't let that scare you because we've got a whole video about it on our website. Basically, the harmonic series is the fact that when you play any note on a pitch-producing instrument, you're actually playing a whole series of overtones. Pretty cool, right? 
What you just heard were the first six overtones of C, and believe it or not, whenever you play that low C, you're gonna hear all of those overtones, you just don't really notice it. Now this is because of the physical vibrations which produce sound. When you play a note on an instrument, vibrations come out at different wavelengths. The main vibration represents the main sound we hear. But there are also vibrations which go twice, three, four, five times as fast, which produce overtones. The fifth is the interval between the first and second overtones, so it makes it really convenient to base the circle of fifths off of it. The interval also sounds really nice to your ears because it is rooted in nature through the harmonic series. Understanding this connection clued us into why certain things we hear sound better than others. It all has to do with physics, and that is a pretty huge discovery. I was amazed when I found that out. We then learned that the circle of fifths has two sides to it, the bright side on the right and the dark side on the left. The bright side has key signatures with sharps in them. These tones are generally brighter. Meanwhile, the dark side has key signatures with flats in them, making for darker sounds. I am a huge fan of Star Wars, so I like to think of it as the right side of the circle representing the light side of the force, while the left side represents the dark side of the force. We split up the lesson on the circle of fifths into two parts. The second part dealt with how you can find major and minor chords through the circle of fifths. We also talked about the circle's shadow, which gives us minor keys. Lastly, we explored Greek modes and how we can give one key the signature of another one and completely alter the sound. At the very beginning of this series, I told you I wanted this to be not only about learning music theory, but also about learning how the world works through physics, math, history, and cultures. I hope The Shape of Music has given you a better understanding of what it means to truly study something. It would have been pretty easy for me to put together these episodes talking only about music theory and not mentioning history or math or physics, but where's the fun in that? This style of learning is what we call interdisciplinary learning, which is combining different subjects in order to learn more than you could by studying each subject individually. It's awesome to see how much of what we learned is connected, especially in ways we wouldn't expect. I think it's safe to say that you wouldn't know so much about rhythm if you hadn't heard rhythms from around the world, or about the harmonic series if you didn't know how it was rooted in the physics of sound vibrations. Through this process of interdisciplinary learning, we're becoming smarter in our own understandings of the world, not just music theory. I hope that this series has taught you more than anything that studying one subject can be a doorway to learning about 10 others. For instance, learning about Gothic architecture could teach you about the history of Europe during the plague, 
or exploring psychology can alert you to why you have the philosophies that you do and why you act a certain way. Learning doesn't take place in a bubble. It takes place in an ocean of knowledge where it's your job to decide where you want to go. Do you want to go where the current takes you and stick with one subject? Or do you want to follow different sea creatures around the ocean and see which subjects they take you to? The possibilities are endless, so go dive into the deep end. This episode was written and recorded by me, edited by Jackson Poling, and produced by Sarah Zwinklis, with music by Nathaniel Wyvern, Scott Holmes, Poddington Bear, and me. Special thanks to Sarah for helping out with the outline for this episode. Thanks so much for listening, and for the last time, I'm Metapakujolo, and that's a wrap for The Shape of Music for now. Now go explore the world with your newfound knowledge of music and everything else we've talked about. You'll be amazed at what you can find when you just have music in your mind.